Welcome to That's What She Did. This is one of your hosts, T, along with Michelle Talbert, and we're coming to you every day during the month of March to bring you these stories of inspiring everyday Wonder Women that you've probably never heard of. So grab a mimosa and buckle in. We're about to begin. Hey, Michelle. Hey, T. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I am phenomenal. Phenomenal woman. That's me. <laughs> My Angela there, right on top of our, that's what she did. <laughs> love it. Love it. Embracing your queendom as Absolutely. we speak. Lovely. Absolutely. So we're back today with another episode of That's What She Did. Are you excited? I'm excited. I'm excited every <laughs> single day. This is just going to be like the most exciting month for um, of, of a long time and for a time to come. How about that? <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm excited every time as well. I feel like this has become like my personal passion project, like my personal mm-hmm. little bit of happiness in the day. Um, and I never realized how incredibly good it feels to talk about women that just have nothing to do with you that are just great yeah. and badass and incredible and, and how just what a feel good feeling it is and like the kind of energy it creates for me personally. So I'm just, you know, thrilled to death. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I'm I'm really hoping that our listeners are enjoying it as well because I think for me one of the great things is that we're doing this research on the back end and being able to spotlight women who we didn't really know much about in most cases. Um, but also to be inspired for all of us to be inspired to either learn more about these particular women or go talk to women who maybe you don't know that well or get a story from your grandmother or your great grandmother, you know, if she's still here. I think there's just such incredible richness to the stories that we're bringing so I'm excited I mean it just it just and today I mean I'm super excited today (laughs) I'm gonna keep saying that like every episode I keep saying that I'm super excited um so we're gonna go right into it today we are talking about Charlotte E. Ray and um as you know T and as I mentioned on our very first episode where we introduced a little bit about ourselves I am what I call a recovering attorney so I actually have to be a black woman attorney so to talk about Charlotte E. Ray who is the first black woman lawyer okay hold on hold pause <laughs> you're gonna have to explain to everyone what a recovering attorney is <laughs> That's just too good. <laughs> what that means is that after I graduated from law school, um, which I did actually at the age of 33, I went to University of Pennsylvania for law school. My kids and I went, I always say we, we, you know, we went on our higher education journey together and I got my law degree when I was 33 and went on to practice corporate law in Washington, D.C. So I was in private practice, graduated in 2003. In 2012, I left the full-time practice of law, and I've been working with women, women entrepreneurs, um, social media, writing, freelancing, sort of all of that stuff that I didn't do as a lawyer, (laughs) all that creative juices, blogging and speaking and going around the country and speaking about podcasting and blogging and just all that great stuff I've been doing since 
2012. So I say I'm in recovery because I still dibble and dabble and do law um, <laughs> here and there because law is, uh, it, it doesn't hurt, you know, to have a couple bucks coming in. Um, but I am slowly ratcheting down the legal work and ratcheting up all of this other stuff, helping women entrepreneurs and helping women in business. So I'm very excited to be in recovery from the law. <laughs> Charlotte E. Ray is making me rethink this, right? Because, you know, even sometimes we talk about privilege. So when I tell you her story, it's like, well, dang, Michelle, you got the education. Now you walked away from it. But <laughs> to have the education, um, Charlotte E. Ray was born in 1850 in New York, New York, yay, you know, from <laughs> New York is always in the house. Um, she was the first black woman lawyer, like I said. She was born, her father was a reverend, and um, they actually lived in D.C. Her father was a well-known abolitionist, and she um, grew up having parents who were important to the Underground Railroad. Oh, so it's very, I mean, remember, she's born in 1850, 5-0, So as a child, she attended what was called the Institution for Education of Colored Youth in D.C., and she excelled in her studies. And by 1869, so now we're in Reconstruction, mm-hmm. at the age of 19, um, she was a teacher, and she taught at what was called the Normal and Prep Laboratory department at Howard University, HUs in the house. <laughs> and while at Howard, um, she made good use of her time by teaching by day and studying law there at night. Oh, and in February, that's, that's a course load right there. Exactly. In February, this is 1869 to 1872, three years. In February of 1872, she received her law degree from Howard, the first Black woman in the United States to ever obtain that goal. Wow. Exactly. Two months after graduating, she became the first woman, woman, admitted to the bar in Washington, D.C., which is actually where I'm barred. I'm actually barred in in Washington, (laughs) D.C. Now she could practice law, but with, and within uh, being licensed a month after that, she opened her own law practice. She was self-confident, she was determined, but she was also a colored woman. Mm-hmm. So her law degree only got her so far. And unfortunately, because she was a woman and because she was black, she really didn't have much by way of paying clients. Um, so she ended up shuttering her practice based on public prejudice, um, which is really unfortunate because she was an excellent lawyer and just really didn't get those clients in the door simply because woman, black. So, so she couldn't be an attorney for the black community at that time? Well, you know, we're not a monolith either. Don't think we don't have men who aren't. Yeah, shy. that's true. Um, Good point. Good point. You know, so, and even sometimes, look. How many, uh, this is going to veer off just slightly, but how many women did you hear say they weren't ready for a woman president when Hillary was running? Oh, good point. Right? I, you know, I got into an argument with, with one of my little sisters like three weeks ago because she was just like, I just don't think women are emotionally stable enough. Can and you I believe was like, it? I'm going to backhand you. It's so <laughs> sad that she said that, but that would not be the first time that I heard that type of argument used specifically with regard yes. to our most recent presidential election. So can you imagine in 1872? 
Yes, yes. And then don't forget, women can be really catty sometimes. And they're like, I don't want you going to talk to that woman lawyer. She'll probably be batting her eyes at you or whatever. And when all she's trying to do is win the case or, or represent mm-hmm. her clients. However, fret not, although she was unable to keep her own office open, she was able to work for various organizations. Um, and she actually worked and went to the annual convention of the National Women's Suffrage Association. So she was, she was advocating for women to get the right to vote as well. Um, and in 1895, she became active in what was called the National Association of Colored Women. Um, in 1879, she returned to New York City <laughs> she taught in Brooklyn Public Schools. Um, she moved to Long Island later on and died at the age of 60. She was so young from um, bronchitis. So, and oh, I know, sad, right? I just had that. You I didn't even know that you could die from it. Yeah. Well, it was kind of <laughs> 1897, 18. Um, it was actually, yeah, 1890. Yeah. What was it? 1911. Sorry, she passed in <laughs> 1911. Um, but she never stopped sort of striving. And so what I said at the beginning where I was saying how, you know, it's a privilege for me to walk away from law, you know, hearing her story, knowing what she had to go through to number one, get the education and then wasn't able to practice. You know, I have to readily admit how blessed we are now to have the choices that we have. You know, and and I think that's one of the things I love about our title. Like that's what she did. I mean, she did that. Yeah. You know what I mean, like she yeah, did she that. did it all the way. Exactly. She went to law school. She practiced. She was in organizations. She 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 came from obviously lineage of of the abolitionist movement and being on the underground railroad. So she understood the importance of advocacy. But then she took it even further by saying, "Look, women need to have the right to vote," and you know, just. I mean, because to open your own law practice, even you're an entrepreneur, you know, mm-hmm. it's a business. It's yeah. A business. Um, so I just think that for her to do all of that, all before the turn of the 20th century, is pretty phenomenal. Um, so I really, really am thankful and honored to be able to, to sort of bring her name again, Charlotte E. Ray, R-A-Y, to bring her name to bear to inform people about who she was and and the impact that she made, you know? It's an incredibly inspiring story because I think of women like that and the drive um, and the grit that you have to have to be a first at anything, regardless of the time period. And here she is trailblazing and being a first at a time when it was dangerous, it was right. really dangerous to do those things because of the color of your skin and your, your uh, social standing, your, your class in America at that time. Um, so, you know, it's just like I think about me and, and being, you know, young and, and coming from public policy and politics. And there were so many times that I was the only something in a room, like the right. only woman or the only woman of color. And I remember how isolating that would feel at some times, but knowing that I just needed to brush it off and, and do my thing. Um, and I didn't even have to deal with... <laughs> you know, the overt racism. I, my life wasn't in danger by being in that room. I, right. People weren't trying to kill me. Right. So it's incredibly inspiring for me, the amount of grit that you have to have to just be like, 
I'm doing this. Well, (laughs) well, what's exactly. And what's interesting about this, and I'm going to end on this note is that in this episode, I don't have a quote directly from Charlotte E. Ray, but I have an interesting quote about her written by the Howard University president in the president's report in 1870. So mind you, she's 20 years old here. Mm-hmm. A, color wo- a colored woman who read us a thesis on corporations, not copied from the books, but from her brain, a clear, incisive analysis of one of the most delicate legal questions. Wow. And so I think she impressed those around her, at least in the academy, her, you know, her professors mm-hmm. and, you know, to, to, it, 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 I, you know, I read it in a way, cause I feel like he was almost a little shocked when he's like, she didn't just copy it from the books. It was her analysis of corporations, yeah. you know, but think about that. And that's what I was saying. Like she was an entrepreneur. She opened her own legal practice and she's writing about corporations, which is my practice. My practice area is contracts right. and corporations. And it's a fascinating area of law. But again, this is commerce mm-hmm. in a time coming out of slavery. She was born and, and in, in the time of slavery for 13 years of her own life. Mm-hmm. And six years later, here she is, you know, getting her law degree. So I think that's pretty phenomenal, you know, working toward her law degree. Um, and so I'm sure she was constantly like kicking in doors and breaking down barriers figuratively and um, obviously literally. So I just want to honor Charlotte yeah. Ray, first, the first African-American woman in um, lawyer and the first woman lawyer in the D.C. bar. Yeah. And just to I'll just tag on one final thought to that. As you're reading that quote, it makes me think. How good did she have to be, right? To yeah. be like the yeah. to be the first, because when you're in that position, um, particularly during that time, and you're a woman and a, and a, a black woman, you know there are not high expectations for right. you, and so for you to be able to be in that space and earn the respect of your colleagues, you have to have been better than everyone else in that in the room. You had to have been the smartest person in the room to be able to garner, I think, that kind of respect. So, Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, what's interesting to me is that, you know, what I read didn't talk about her having a family or children either. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she had siblings and parents, but nothing that I found said anything about marriage or children. So that even can speak about what some women making choices even today Mm -hmm. go through about versus their personal life and sort of making certain decisions. And also to what you were saying about, you know, being twice as good, that's what they call a black tax, right? Yeah. Twice as good to be considered half as good. You got to work twice as hard to be considered half as good. Um, So I can't imagine. She's probably work quadruple as hard as the guys. (laughs) Yeah. And they have their own chips on their shoulders. So. Mm Yeah. So, I mean, so for me, that was really exciting. I really wanted to bring Charlotte's story to the fore against Charlotte E. Ray. So I, I'm just super excited. I know we got another nice episode coming up tomorrow. <laughs> we do, we do. But that was a great story. I, I wasn't familiar with her. Uh, so I'm glad that you shared that. You know, one of the things that I love about doing this is, is I'm learning right along with our audience um, and there's just so, there's so many incredible women out there. Um, 
that it's it's hard not to be impressed and it's hard not to be inspired and it's hard not to say they did that she did that mm-hmm. and so i can do this this other little thing in my small corner of the world so thanks yeah. for sharing well thank you t and uh we'll talk uh, on the next episode yay that's what she did yeah that's what she did that was another great profile um from the podcast that's what she did so thank you for joining us today now Ladies, princesses and queens in the making and queens that are already there, strain your crown. And, you know, we want to hear from you as well. If you have a story of someone that has inspired you, you know, those everyday wonder women that most of us have never heard of, share that with us. You can do that by emailing us at that's what she did podcast at gmail.com. And if you have a story about yourself, you overcame some stuff, you know, don't be afraid to hold your head high and clap for yourself. We want to hear that story too. So share your story matters. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll see you on the next episode too. See you next time. Bye. Bye. You just heard an episode of that's what she did, bringing you stories of incredible women doing incredible things. Make sure you join us again tomorrow as we bring you the deets on another everyday wonder woman to inspire you on your journey. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Oh, and make sure you share it with your friends. Spread the love. Bye.